0: Possible deniability purposes, though, I could say it is a background. Nice. It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Duh. (laughs) Did it off the top of the top of the top of the top of
1: the top of 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 the top the top of the top the top of the top of the top of the top the top of the top the top the top of the top of the top the top the top the top
0: Introducing the
2: Dynasty Gens podcast.
0: All right, welcome to episode four of the Dynasty Gens podcast. Uh, I am your host, JCJ Dynasty. Here with me is my co-host, Fantasy Nerdboy. Boy. Mike, how are we doing tonight?
1: Doing well, doing well. I'm excited for a tight end show. Um, I'm always talking with buddies about sleeper tight ends, and I'm glad we actually get to record this and talk about it because um, it's usually me just at the bar drunk you know talking to myself for the most part and people trying to listen um and then i just bamble and and ramble on about you know random tight ends that nobody's heard of and and i'm glad that we get this on video at least so that people can uh can look back at this and actually see the time um but yeah we have a guest on today i'm pretty excited um you know i saw some hot takes of twitter um and came to you know his his tight end rankings and, and who he views as titan one of the rook class um so i want to introduce matt chester ff mad jester on twitter how you doing tonight brother i'm good how are you
2: <clears throat> oh i love that uh that intro is great by the way that's so much fun
0: you big spongebob guy or no
2: um no i didn't i didn't even know that what that was from it's just hella entertaining
1: yeah, it's nobody uh, nobody knows that it's coming, so it just kind of pops up and people are like, oh, that's a good intro. <laughs> Love it.
0: All right, so we usually ask like a couple of questions of our guests before we get into everything and stuff. So how did you first get involved in fantasy football or more specifically dynasty football, I suppose, would be my, my first question for you, Matt. Uh,
2: I guess fantasy football I've been playing for a little over 10 years, uh, anywhere between 10, 15, I'm not sure, and um, I guess during the pandemic, we were just left uh, under, you know, not house arrest, but <clears throat> with a lot of time on our hands yep. in our homes, with our phone in our hands. And uh, it's a it's just a, it's a great way to connect with people year round. And th- there's the trading between dynasty leagues and redraft leagues is just you can't compare it at all. It's not just the the amount of action, but it's the uh, it's the it's the number of dimensions to the game if trading is what you like to focus on. Uh, so it's just a natural fit. Um, I, I did. I, I made. so what I do now is I do real estate. But the way that I started with that is a lot of the way that I like to play dynasty where you, you get one and then you, you know, stash, you know, you, you get rid of it for uh, two prospects, and you stash one and for as a long term thing, and then you, you, you flip one of the other ones. And, you know, you, you do that a couple times. And all of a sudden, you've, uh, you're, you're exponentially
0: winning leagues. I like that. All right? Yeah, that's, that's interesting um so your favorite tv show is the office i asked before you before we recorded just because i wanted to give you some time to think about it potentially who do you think would be the best character on the show for a fantasy football manager
2: uh well there's so many different goals in dynasty that it's hard to say you know this this guy is going to be the best but I'll, I'll give you a couple different aspects uh jim is the most likable and he's got the best relationship with with the entire office so just for that alone, he will be the best manager because Dynasty is about maintaining relationships with the 11 other people in your league. Um, You know that Ryan and Kelly, Ryan would probably run Kelly's team and his own team and you just have to watch for collusion constantly. Uh, Andy Bernard is a, a, a bumbling buffoon, he's the guy that you'd want to target his future first and, uh, you know, wouldn't take much sweet talking from him. Uh, Oscar Martinez is he's just he's a numbers guy. He's he is a calculator. So a lot of people play like that. And it's totally respectable. And a lot of times that works. Uh, But I would say, if you leave your phone at your desk, Creed Bratton is going to take your players. And that's, that's definitely got a place. So I'm not going to bet against Creed and I'm not going to leave him unattended around my phone.
0: Yeah. I was, I was excited to give you this question because I thought you would take it in a funny direction. Just, just knowing you and knowing some of the stuff you tweet in our conversation. So it's a great
2: question. It's totally open-ended.
0: I love it. Nerd. Do you have, do you have a different answer than Jim or.
1: I feel like you can go in so many different directions like he just did. And it's really difficult to answer that because I think each one would make like an incredible dynasty. Uh, I want the numbers guy, you know, and I also want somebody that I can just chat with. Whose cat is that? Is that your cat?
2: Yeah, I got kittens in the background, and the mom is trying to get them hungry.
1: They're hungry, man. They got to feed those cats. but yeah, I I think I would I would have a lot of fun with Dwight in a chat too. I think there's no wrong answer there because you can go in any direction. But yeah, Jim's probably the go-to just because he's he's going to be, you know, friendly with everybody and you're going to have that trade partner. Um he's going to build those good relationships. So I think he's he's probably going to be the best one to do. Yeah.
2: It's uh you know, you can take it take it from the uh the Office Olympics episode. He was the, uh, the unspoken commish of the, of the office Olympics and somebody who's that busy and that friendly is just going to do the most. And the more trades you get done, uh, I, the way that I like to trade is I think because there's so many different ways to go in dynasty that every trade can be won by both sides by like 10% and both sides can be happy. And the, the team, the league that trades the most constantly upping his, uh, his is valued by five percent here and five percent there while keeping everybody else happy he's going to have the best team because he he puts in the the time and the work
0: yeah yeah i thought daryl would be an interesting answer too because i'm pretty sure he does mention fantasy football in one of the episodes i forget exactly what the trade was that he referred to but i think daryl's like a guy's guy like he probably watches a good amount of football there's that episode where toby is investigating uh, him for falling off the ladder, and uh, Daryl's sister comes out in the the Kelly Green Eagles uniform. He like crashes. Wait, what is the
1: trade off? What is the trade though? I remember that so clearly and so yeah, vividly. I, I feel like it was like it was a bad trade. Ridiculous... It was like a kicker.
0: Yeah, it was like a kicker or a defense for like a running back or something. Like it, it was something very specific. I forget if he was on the winning side or
1: the losing side of it. So that would probably Go- Mike. Out.
2: Are you googling it right now? Or, or should yeah, i i'm
1: looking because okay. it's, it's the episode is the absolute worst fantasy football trade ever um <laughs>
2: and, and by the way great call great uh uh dig for uh for daryl i completely he, he was off my radar but what a ringer
0: and he works for that athlete company too um, that's right can, yeah he goes to philadelphia so I, I mean i assume he knows a little bit about sports in general
1: uh, you would think yeah we're, yeah we're, <laughs> I forget okay, what so it was, was. Oh, it was – hold on. Terrible at fantasy football. They're really making me work to find this. <laughs> They're going to make me watch it on Twitter. I'm not going to watch it, but
0: – That's all good. Oh, uh, we'll, It was we'll, – go ahead.
1: I, I think it was McNabb for John Alexander or huh. – That doesn't that's seem right, though.
0: Yeah, that's not too
1: bad. It was like during John Alexander's like, peak, like running for like, you know – yeah, 30 touchdowns a, game, that, like, a season that 2005 stuff.
0: Like, that season was, yeah um, all right
1: yeah i don't know but yeah that's, so let's not what we're about. do you
0: have a favorite real life tight end as opposed to favorite fantasy tight end i know you're down in the new orleans area so one would tend oh. to believe you might say jimmy graham but i don't want to put any words in your mouth who are you
2: leaning no, it's okay. I actually meant to look this up. But <clears throat> I'm still holding on to all my Gronk shares. I don't care. I don't care. He's just he's the best. He's the best it's ever been. And uh, he can come party on my on my barge anytime. So he's still welcome. and I probably still have an embarrassing amount just hanging around. And he'll, uh, he'll be there until week one.
0: <laughs> do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite real life tight end? Like, it's maybe a guy. That's him too. Okay,
2: he, He's cool. just yeah, Bum, 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 bum. It's probably all that goes on in his head all day long. And that's how all my tight ends, you know? Their, their language is derp. Exactly.
0: Mike, you got a favorite real-life tight end and fantasy tight end, or are they both one of the same?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm still on the Gronk boat. I obviously grew up a Patriots fan, so there's no way that I can, I can really – justifiably pick another tight end other than Gronk. Um he might be my favorite football player in general when it's all said and done just because I got to witness that that whole up some personal um going to the games and seeing him and giving him high fives and stuff. I just feel like cool. You know, I, I grew up as like he was you know, wanted to deal with Gronk. He was a buddy. Um I guess for fantasy, it probably is Jimmy Graham because he just carried so many of my teams for so many years. Um, I think it would probably have to be a combination of Jimmy Graham and then Kelsey for fantasy because Kelsey is somebody that we're going to get into later. But I've been saying he's going to drop and he's going to fade off into the into the sunset for years now, and he just makes me look silly every year. So um, I can't, you know, I, Kelsey has been considered my entire fantasy career, pretty much. So he's got to be yeah. on that list, too.
0: Yeah. What yeah. about you,
1: Jason? You going to make it a clean sweep?
0: No. I, so I'm a New England guy, but I'm not going to say Gronk. I think for fantasy purposes, it's always been Kelsey for me, especially the last you know, five to seven years. I I know redraftly with my buddies at home. We're on year 14 now. I'm infamous for taking Travis Kelsey in the first round, like regardless of where it is that my pick is. So it's a keeper league, so we at least get to have like one guy. So I tend to do a good job of drafting a rookie, so then I could keep him in like the tenth round, and then my first round pick I'll just take Travis Kelsey because he just provides such a such a premium at the position, especially like in a in a league like that where I know more than my friends at home because I just do this more. So it's it's it would be bad if I didn't if I didn't know more because I spend way too much time on it personally. But my favorite real life tight end was Dallas Clark. I love the the no the no gloves and the tape on his fingers. That was how I played. Like I didn't like wearing gloves. I liked feeling like the football, feeling the leather. I, I, you don't you don't want like a like a pretty boy like a tight end, which I think Travis Kelsey is to some extent. Um, <laughs> He's he very handsome. Fantasy,
1: so yeah, uh, well, they, honestly, they, most, they, most tight ends are, are handsome gentlemen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got to throw that out there. Like all the tight ends, good looking position. I'm just gonna, you know, fair I enough. Can't, I can't fair enough.
0: Side hanging out of the face mask, all, that <laughs> it, all over the arms.
2: It's interesting. Is there something in the like? Is there something in the stars, like some weird phrenology name thing that all these tight ends? There's Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Garret, Dallas Clark. Like, if I want my kid to be a tight end, do I have to name him D A L something? Yes. Is there something to that?
0: You do.
1: This yeah, is analytics people. Is. Yeah. This is deep dive analytics, and I, I'm pretty sure that you're onto something because, <laughs> you know, you don't become a tight end without a name. So I think the name's where it all begins.
2: That's where it starts, at DAL.
1: So
0: transitioning away from DAL into top 12 tight ends. Jesse, you sent me your top 12, so I can read them, or you can uh, read them if you have them in front of you.
2: I have them in front of me, and I do I, – I'm glad you're giving me the chance because I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. Great. You <clears throat> got it. Uh, I want to I wanna pull away a little bit uh, from the rookie. So – just because of age and prospect profile, uh, I'm still I've still have Pitts for the 101. All of his underlying metrics were fantastic, even if his uh, production left a lot to be desired. But it's all still there, and he's he's still a, a baby. I think he can barely drink. Uh, so Pitts is still going to be number one, and then you're going to go in the other direction. Kelsey's going to be like 34 this year, but he's still number two for me because, you know, like Shanahan likes to say, we don't know who's going to be alive on Sunday. And if Kelsey can put up one definite great year, if he puts up two more Kelsey years, he's he's going to be the number one for me. But I, I will hedge a little bit on age, so he's still number two. Uh, number three and four, Hawkinson and Mark Andrews. It's it's hard to project for either of them. Now I know uh, the the Monkin offense over in Baltimore is going to be a little bit more pass happy. Um, wait, do I have that right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, So Mark Andrews, we've seen his highs and we've seen his lows. And just because we've seen how high he can be, he was number one, he was the only person to to, uh, take over Kelsey's number one spot one time in the last seven years. So and their age is pretty much the same. I think Hawk is 25. Mark Andrews is 27. So that's not really a factor. Uh, But we saw what uh, they wanted. We saw how they want to use Hawkinson in Uh, Minnesota. And if you want to put him ahead, that's fine by me. If you want to keep Mark Andrews ahead, that's fine by me too. And I don't mind if you want to put Goddard in that same tier. I'm not I'm not suggesting anybody put him ahead. But I'm, I'm not gonna be mad at you if you put him uh, ahead either. So after that, uh, we got Goddard five. Kittle is old. I think he's going into age 30 season. But he, I, I want to say he ended up being he was in the top three of tight ends last year, right? Three. Yeah. And again, we uh, it's just hard to, to predict the future in positions like this. And especially with uh, their quarterback situation, being so unsure and his age, and what their offense is going to look like when everybody's healthy it's hard to take, it's impossible to take him out of the top six, but it's hard to push him any higher than he is at number six. Um, And this is where it gets really sketchy. And I I, it kind of made me vomit trying to put this together for you. But because of age, and his production, I'll put Firemuth at seven. And then after that, I'll put Najoku ahead of Waller only because of age but Waller might be a crazy nice sleeper this year. He's the uh the one off as far as the Giants receiving weapons yep. and I think that that's going to mean a lot to that offense. And as long as he's healthy, you know, it does it's okay. Kelsey shows us that it's okay to have tight ends in their 30s. Uh, and historically they take a little bit longer to heat up, but they also last a little bit longer. Uh, they kind of in a, in a kind of like in, in a lineman mold because they're hybrid linemen. Uh, Oh God, where do you go after that? So with the insecurity, but, uh, with how they like to use with how, uh, Doug Peterson likes to use tight ends, I'll put Evan Ingram at number 10. He's got, he's on a one-year contract. I think he's on the franchise tag, but he's shown it we forget what a phenomenal prospect he was uh, about five years ago, because we waited and waited and waited. And boy, is that scary for Pitts. But when he did show it last year, it's okay to plant the flag on him. And if we are doing this one year at a time, uh, then I feel a lot better about it. Uh, After that, Oh, God, I hate saying Cole Komet, But he was fine. And that's all I can really say. And he's young. Uh, I'm not gonna put any money on it, but I'm okay with having him at 11. And then if you want to go Kincaid at 12, that's fine too. Uh, but a lot of people have him in the top 10 and that's where I had him originally, but I just can't do that. I can't do that.
0: We're going to get to that because Mike has some similar rankings to you and some that that aren't similar, but Mike, do you want to give your top 12? Because I think you also have Kincaid kind of lower in your top 12 as well
1: yeah i can get into it yeah okay. it can, tight end is so it, it varies so much and it's so fun when you actually do a top 12 in the position because it's probably the most puntable position in fantasy football you know you could be in a 12 team you know super flexed um, high premium tight end league and there's some guy that's starting hunter on on the league and um you, you just know that it's people just punt this position for the most part because once you get out of the top five, it's just a straight line for the, for the, I mean, generally just a straight line as a whole, because you could mix and match these guys much like the wide receiver position after 12 and it, you couldn't even dispute it for the most part because you have your reasonings and um, you could be right. There's no surefire um, top 12 in my mind because once we get to that, eight or nine spot it's just kind of coin flips at that point it's more opportunity for me when i do my rankings i think about who's that tight end one um who that person is going to get the offense funneled through as far as what team is going to just you know choose them as that high targeted um guy and there's not a lot of teams that are you know taking their tight ends and making them a, a first option um so that's why i have mark andrews as my one because he's going to be the first option. He's going to be the first option on that team for the entire Lamar. Um, I think for that entire contract, it's going to be Andrews and Lamar. You know, he's locked into that contract and he's not going anywhere. And Lamar loves him and that's his safe play and that's his guy. So I think it's a ride or die. Um, there's not really another tight end that's going to be locked in at his age. That you know has that chemistry and is that that first option on a team. So I have Andrews at one. Um, Pitts is at two. I love Pitts. Um, nothing against him at all. I just don't think he's going to be, be that first option on that team. I think it's going to be he's going to jump around as far as you know having up and down games, and it's not going to be as, as Andrews. Um, I don't think he's going to get that target share that he gets. But uh, after Pitts, I have T.J. Hawkinson because one, it's opportunity community. I think is going to profile as that two a on the team. I think him and Addison are probably going to have a good target share. And um, he's, he's definitely going to get a lot of, you know, mid work field with Addison and, and also obviously JJ on the side of the field. So he's going to have that open field to just work with. Um, And then after that is like I talked about before, I am a little lower on Kelsey because he comes with that risk. You know, any guy on this list, Um, I have Kelsey and Waller a little lower than I think consensus because those two guys are at an age where if they get like a knee injury done, you know, they're not coming back. I don't see Kelsey tearing his ACL and saying, I'm going to come back and play like I have. He's no, he has no reason. He has a Super Bowls. um, He a career ahead of him as a broadcaster or whatever he wants to do. Um, I don't think Kelsey gets a significant injury and comes back to football personally. You know, I just can't do that. So that's why he's a little lower than than uh, most people have him. And then after Kelsey, I have Kittle, um Goddard, and then I actually have Mayer up there. Um my rankings. I do my rankings in a, a three year span. And I think Mayer has a good chance to be the most productive rookie tight end. Um I might actually crack Top five tight ends in general um, this year because of the opportunity he has with Jimmy, um, you know, Mr. Soft Hands Jimmy. He's going to be throwing those dink and dunk passes every game. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to be throwing for 150 yards. And, you know, 75% of those yards are gonna be going seven to 10 yards. Um, so I think Mayer's going to actually benefit from that. Um, after Mayer, I have Muth and then Njoku. Um, and then Kincaid. So Kincaid's at 10. Um, I'm not as high on Kincaid because I really don't think – you know, Dawson Knox is still a thing. He's still on that team. Um, I'm not high on Knox by any means. But between him and um, who else is working that? Shakir. I don't know. I don't think he's going to get a crazy out-of-the-slot work that people are saying. I think it's going to be a, a mix of um, slot work, and I don't think he's going to be that – sure fired second option on that team immediately. I think he's going to have some games, but I don't think he's going to just fire up, a, you know, tight end one season right away. I think it's going to take some time. My much like most rookie tight ends, um, you know, I think his his situation is fine, but until Knox is on and until we kind of see how Shakir shakes out in the slot and um, what they actually plan on doing. You know, if, I don't think it's Gabe Davis season anytime soon or ever, for that matter. But um, there's still a decent amount of people that are going to get fed in that offense. So I'm not, I'm not so sure that he's going to get the crazy target share that everyone's saying he's going to get. Uh, but after Kincaid, I have Chig. So Chig is someone I'm really high on because, like I said, um, it is opportunity. And besides Burks, they have absolutely nobody to throw to. Um, they're not throwing the end zone looks to Kyle Phillips like he's not getting those those giant um, big play reads as as the two end zone guy so uh, Jake is two and he's definitely going to be the top target in the end zone at offense um, I think he's probably gonna pretty much get like some tight end one games this year just based off of being the only option over there especially if Burks has the banged up season that he had last year. I'm hoping he doesn't like Burks is someone I'm really high on, but you know, his health is always in question. So um, if he, if he misses a couple of games, Chig is that first option on the team. So um, that's, you know, i enough reason for me to have him at 11 and then 12 is Waller. I think Waller is going to surprise a lot of people and he's definitely going to have a great year. Um, but Waller is at that age where, you know, he missed good portion of last year from you know dings and and nicks and a hamstring and once the hamstrings start going we see guys in their 30s they they don't go away those hamstring injuries stay with them for for life um i noticed that after 30 i have an injury that just stays with me you know i'm just like i'm gonna live with this now and this is part of my life so i think that's really what most of the guys like keenan allen and waller are going to be dealing with um their careers so it's gonna be something that they have to maintain and, and kind of manage throughout i
0: think that was like a louis ck bit that he was went to the doctor and the older yeah. they got, it was just hey you're injured gonna, like what do you do for your knee yeah. it's like well it's just messed up now it is
2: well what it, is. it was his back yeah. it was his back and the <laughs> quote was um your back uh you know we we came from being on all fours and to, and to eventually being upright, but we treat our back as if it's a ladder when it's actually a rope. Yeah.
1: Well, he had another bit where he was like, he went to the doctor and he said, you know, I hurt my shoulder and what do I do? He's like, you stretch it. And he's like, okay, I do that for a couple of days. And he's like, no, you do that for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, you, just, you just do the rest of your life until you die. Like that's exactly yeah. what you have to do every day until you die. Yeah, he's, he's a funny guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just, JC, why don't you yeah, why don't you quick, fire away yours and then Quick overview of mine, because
0: I I have some questions that I want to ask you guys because of because of your rankings. So I have Kyle Pitts one, Travis Kelsey two, Mark Andrews three, TJ Hawkinson four, Kittle five, Kittle five, Kincaid six, Dallas Potter, seven, Michael Mayer eight, Pat Frymuth nine, and Joku ten, Dulcich eleven, and Darren Waller twelve. So what I gathered from the two of you is that you guys are lower on concave and consensus and you laid out fairly reasonable points as to why you think that over the, a three-year period, like you said, nerd, um, or like you were talking about Matt, that um, he just isn't going to have the opportunity in this slot role that, that people are saying that he's going to, to play, which, you know, we don't know. We, we can't possibly know until, until he plays. I
2: I don't think that he's competing with Khalil Shakir, by the way. I think that he's more likely... um, The reason that I wouldn't put him that high right now is because I think his price will be cheaper as he fights for the same targets that Gabe Davis is getting. And if that happens, and of course, uh, you know, first year for tight ends, it takes a little while. But I am very excited about him if his price gets a little bit cheaper. and, And to get him before... Uh, they don't re-sign Gabe Davis. Then, then the sky's the limit, for, uh, and I and I can see him uh, moving to six. I wouldn't put him above Goddard, but I, I see what you're saying. With the he is definitely a future move, and I, I do like him as a as a player. Yeah.
0: So speaking of price, so his ADP in rookie drafts is what, like 109, 110, like in tight end premium, like around there, maybe even sometimes a little earlier. So where is it that the two of you would be willing to draft Dalton Kincaid in a rookie draft? nerd let's start
1: with you yeah rookie draft I would probably safely take him I'm not somebody that shies away from taking a tight end in the first round that's not somebody I'm not somebody that's going to be like oh don't do that it's bad bad badness when it comes to fantasy football like that's not the case at all because there's so many times I take rookie tight ends and I move them for elite players later on um, for somebody that wants to break down their team, it's pretty, they're, they're great people to move up with, or you can just hold them on their bench or, and, and wait for them to kind of, you know, transpire. But I would be fine taking him at 110, 111. I think he has a higher ceiling as a, a prospect and as a rookie than somebody like Zay Flowers does, personally, because that that that's where I would have him, like probably right before Zay Flowers. So one yeah, one ten, one nine, one ten. Is that what simpatico, you my at? friend.
2: simpatico. That's exactly where I'd have him too. I think I think you're right that he uh positional difference maker over Zay Flowers.
0: Okay. So the and possibly you, QJ. So the two of you have Kincaid below Friarmouth and Njoku. So would you say that Friarmouth and Njoku are worth late first round picks in rookie drafts?
2: I'd say that Friar is and I'd say Najoku is probably attainable for a high second. And I, I like that price better. And uh, he's 27 years old. So as we know, tight ends can he might have five, five years left. And there's no reason to look beyond that. So if it's a if it's 27 year old, I wouldn't let age determine from from Najoku over Kincaid, but you'll never have to spend that price.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Mike same same yeah. logic there. Yeah. So <laughs> So uh, I wonder, I wonder if you could pivot
2: off of Kincaid to the guy who has Najoku and get Najoku and possibly the two hundred six and take Laporta and Najoku instead of Kincaid. And I would love to do that.
0: I think you could probably do that pretty, pretty reasonably. If you, look I think at, so too. If you look at startup ADP and stuff like that. I think that's definitely a move that can happen.
1: Yeah, I right have there, Joku, I a few- I- as um, one of my breakouts, you know, I've, I've been high on him for a little while now, but I think with the full year of Watson um, at full strength and really at game speed, I think that Najee is probably going to fit the most um, from that list. And I think that he is going to tee up a, a pretty solid mid-tight end one season. Uh, you know, it's more about what they're going to do from this year on than what they've done in the past. So right now, the joke who doesn't have that value for me, you know, but that's not saying that I don't think the joku is going to raise in value significantly in the next year. Too. So, um, you know, these rankings don't reflect their value currently. They really reflect what is going to happen in the next three years for me. If yep. that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's fine.
1: So M- nerd in your rankings, you had
0: mayor over Kincaid, which I don't think is consensus, but if you went back and looked at, A lot of people's pre-draft evaluations, mine included, I had Mayer over Kincaid. Mayer's college profile is almost second to none in terms of college production over the last two decades. Really haven't seen anybody that has produced the level of of Michael Mayer um, coming out as a tight end, and that that includes Kyle Pitts. Does that factor into why you have Mayer over Kincaid, or is it simply just because he's playing with Vegas and he walks into – Potentially being the number two target, but could you make the same argument for Kincaid potentially being the number two target? Where where are you at with Mayer over Kincaid?
1: Um, yeah, so as a as a fan of tight ends, I still have Kincaid over Mayer, but I think production wise, Mayer fell into a great situation because, like you said, he's the second option on that team immediately, um, and then he's also going to. Uh, I mean, Kincaid's we don't know where he's going to be as far as, um, you know, how he's going to share time with with Knox. And we don't know. I, I know Knox isn't like a good tight end by any means, but I don't think he's a straight bum either. I don't think they're no. going to just not not play him at all. Uh, Mayer's the only tight end on that team. And he's, I can't Hunter Renfro and I don't know who else they have on that team right now. I'll Jacobi be honest, Jacoby Myers. Like. Myers yeah, my fault. I, sorry, Jacob. I apologize. I forgot that you were over there. Um, but yeah, boys, I
0: just dirt on the bottom of your show.
1: Yeah, yeah, I scum, hate you. No, I love Jacoby, my guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just there's nothing. I just think that Jimmy loves his tight ends. I think he's in a great position. Um, I love his profile. He just it's opportunity. I don't do you, people are, do you, go
2: ahead. Do you worry at all that? Uh, that his that that his, his targets are going to get split up between Jacoby Myers over the middle and Hunter Renfro over uh, under the middle? I mean, it, they're all kind of third and Renfro third and Jacoby Myers third and Myers. like they're uh, ooh, that's going to get annoying Myers and Meyer. Um, but yeah, they, it worries me a little bit because it is the same type of target. That's my only worry with Nair.
1: Yeah, I can see that, but I'm also worried that Kincaid's blocking is nowhere to be found and he's not gonna see the field as much as Mayer, personally. Um, he's not a good blocker at all. You know, that's he's the, the best pass catcher of this of this class, but he cannot block whatsoever um so if he blocked the nfl it's really he's gonna probably not gonna get the snap share that we think he's gonna get he's not gonna be seeing the field like 80 90 percent like mayor is um so it is opportunity i think he's gonna be on the field a lot more than Kincaid, at least to start their careers um and i think Kincaid is slowly ramp up where mayor's already going to be going you know i think he's going to have a trajectory of like really like creeping up and i think mayor's going to just kind of have that steady straight up, um, as far as, you know, his opportunity and his production goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's unreasonable. I think you bring up a good point, Matt, with those targets over the middle and those three guys are going to be competing. And then on the other hand in Buffalo, we don't know who's going to be taking those targets over the middle. It's pretty much Stefan Diggs, And then, whoever else is going to be getting the ball thrown to him by Josh Allen, just a myriad of players in general. So I think it's something to think about. I thought it was interesting to bring up um, NERBs that is against consensus, but I don't think it was far off of consensus at all uh, just a month ago. So I thought it was interesting to, to bring up and I thought the reasoning was, was good enough. Um, so we'll transition into another rookie tight end that just got drafted this past year in 2023 with a couple of key trade cuts. So, keep trade cut, Sam Laporta, Shago Conquwo, Greg Dulcich. Matt, let's start with oh you on that, gosh,
1: man. That's ridiculous. That's silly. Uh has got a off now. He's gone.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not as excited about Dulcich as, uh, as I guess I should be, or as, as maybe as consensus. Um, from what I hear, Sean Payton is not excited about any of the tight ends in that room. I, uh, I might it might be because I got a little bit burned last year because of Alberto I thought was just going to be to the moon. Uh, fantastic. And uh, chig I understand. I do like everything that you said about that, Mike, um, about him being the number two target uh, behind behind Burks who missed probably half the season. And he is the far and ahead, far, far and away number two target. There's not anybody else competing with him in that offense. So I get wanting to put uh, to put him second, but we also find Sam Laporta kind of in the same place. As long as James Williams is out there, uh the, the number one receiving weapon is going to be Amon Ross Brown, and that's going to continue in Detroit. But after that, it's wide open for Laporta and he's uh, He's really fun. He's really exciting. And the Lions offense is really easy to buy into right now. And if he is the uh, the kneecap bitingest guy, eh, I'm really on board with Laporta. He's he is exciting and his rascal is great. great. Uh, there's just a lot there's a lot to like about him. And I'll jump on board with that for sure, especially since I always like to tear down and he's He's a great tier down from either Meyer or Kincaid. I do like Laporta's opportunity this year, and the market is generally fickle. I feel I feel like it lasts about six weeks at a time through the season. Uh, if he starts off hot, he could easily end up being the tight end one of this class in market consensus. And if you want to ditch, you know, dish him out to tear back up while gaining something from where you saw the prospects, that's a great way to go. I just I found a lot of. Uh, dif- Sam Laporta on my rookie teams just by default. So I'd I'd put him and Chig in the same place. I would probably take either of them. Uh, I'd be happy with an early mid-second Chig or uh, Sam Laporta.
0: So keep trait cut.
1: Nice. I mean, I think I got the gist of it. He doesn't really have to specify. I think he's... Probably keeping Laporta, uh, trade mm. Chig and cut Dulch.
2: Yeah, sorry, I, I didn't know, know that it. was a question. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, wait, what did you say? Keep, uh, keep Laporta, trade Chig on name value, and yeah, cut Dulcich. Yep.
1: Yeah, I like how you pulled while I was talking for you, and it was just perfect, man. Like, I hope people are watching our video because that was nice.
2: Wait, you pulled this on Twitter right
1: now? No, I just never mind. We're oh, we're sorry. good.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you agree you agree uh, with that? Do I? Yeah, you I agree. think
1: personally I love Laporta. I, I am on board with him being a, a great option this year if it all plays out. Only thing that I have to say though, Lions is very crowded. You know, like they are if Gibbs is truly the elite pass catching running back that he is, um, he is gonna probably take a good chunk of those little dump offs and um little you know, screen passes and whatnot that reporter would probably benefit from so i think i'm gonna have to keep chick because as i talked about a little while ago I, he's just gonna have that volume and he's gonna he's gonna be the team on that team and, and maybe even on on certain days and certain games um you know depending on just the, the way that the gameplay lays out and um he's gonna be that 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 top target in the end zone. Personally, I think that's just a lock. Um, but Dolch, I, I love Dolch too. I do. He's just, there's, it's crowded over there and Very. Um, it's, there's so much going on over there and y'all think that Ross is going to cook now, but what if Ross is cooked? You know, what if Ross doesn't revert back to what he was? And, and they have to get creative and they're not throwing, you know, 20 to 30 times a game. And they're relying on, I don't know, like they're going to have to rely on the run game more or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sold that Russ is going to all of a sudden just be who Russ was, you know, with Peyton. I think he's going to improve him significantly and he's going to play into his rank. Do I think that he's going to be the Russ of like, you know, 2013 seattle like i know i highly doubtful um i think i would i nailed the 2013 I, mean, I think i might have been actually a little yeah he was okay he was good then yeah
2: i mean um, he was good he's been a top five for probably eight years during that <laughs> stretch and then he just yeah he, he left seattle and that was that but yeah you're right there there are a lot of mouths to feed in that offense there are so many
1: so yeah. i think i have Here's- to cut i have to cut dolch I, do love, I like Dolch, but I'm, I'm, okay. I'm trading Laporta. All right.
0: So, Sam Laporta is a rookie. He obviously doesn't have any production in the NFL right now. But between those two guys, one of their sat lines was 33 catches for 411 yards and two touchdowns. The other ones was 32 catches for 450 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> the difference is, is that one of those guys played in 17 games. The other one played in 10. Greg Dulcich played in 10. Chigazam Okonkwo played in 17. So if we give Greg Dulcich seven more games, he was by far the better producer at the tight
1: end position last year as a rookie Drafted, yeah, I mean, who draft. Was, who was before. throwing the ball in on the Titans like half the yeah, year? he was got Ryan Tannehill now this year. It's not like it's like an upgrade necessarily. Uh, dude, he, at least he can get them all. Like Tanhill could move it. Malik Willis and um, I can't even remember who else they had throwing the ball at that point. In Josh time, Dobbs, I think. Josh we just Dobbs, got done
0: talking yeah. about how bad Russ was last year, though. Now we're going to talk about <laughs> quarterback play.
1: Honestly, I would take a broken Russ over anybody that was throwing the ball last year on the Titans by a lot. And I would
2: and I would take Tannehill over Russ right now because he's hyper accurate, and that's all you want for your for somebody passing to the tight end. I'm um, not saying also- that
1: he didn't have a production. He did was good. But I mean, I think Sutton was down; like he wasn't doing anything. I still, he still might be checked out. But they added Mims to the team. Um, you know, we're gonna have maybe a healthy Javante at some point. Tim Patrick as well. Just, there's, there's gonna be a, a lot of more mouths to feed this year. Um, everyone's chalking Judy up as his massive breakout, like they always do. But I'm still pretty high on Judy as well. <laughs> I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he delivers this year as well. It just I don't know. He's he's dealing with a, a heavy powered offense, far as weapons go. Um, I I just find and, it bizarre that
0: like Chig gets like this hype as like a breakout guy, and
1: I'm just breaking s- them out, dude. I, it's just me, man. I think you're just talking about. I don't see any Chig love out there, really. I, I don't think anybody's really super like, high on him. I've her. seen
0: like three different people tweet about Chig like this past like 48 hours, and the, huh. there are
2: some tight end people that I follow on Twitter, Coupe Fiasco and uh, Dave Gutierrez they're very high on chig. They really like how efficient he was. They love all the metrics about him uh, show that he has the potential if he gets the volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll he just I'll listen to people well. smarter than myself. I'm perfectly fine. Just not flag planting and hopefully, uh, you know, winning leagues through attrition. <laughs> yeah, I just thought
0: Fair I just enough. think it's I just think it's interesting uh, on that. But yeah, Laporta Laporta, he's like the mystery box. Like, we don't know. He could be good. Like he got drafted 33rd overall. Like the other two guys, like just right off the stat line. It's okay for like a rookie tight end. It's not necessarily inspiring. Yeah. He could be he could good.
1: be, he be like, Dolchich Dolch good. Like he could yeah. be as good as Dulce. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he could be as good as Dolch. He could be as good as Chig. I mean, who knows? But um so I think like on name name brand value, you would probably want to trade Laporta because he probably holds the most value currently. Is where he's being selected in rookie drafts. I don't know if I would because he's getting what, like two o four to like two o seven Laporta. Like I, I don't yeah, know. if I've you're seen him as high or, as two o two. Yeah, he's he's you know, crept you know, up there had sometimes ahead of Meyer. Yeah, so I don't know if you're trading two o two straight up to get Dulcich or Chig. So I just think Laporta pulls the most value. So you'd want to trade him, and then I probably keep Dulcich, and, I, and then I cut Chig, but. Yeah, I just thought I just think that that one's interesting. I, I know like after the top like seven, we're pretty much pulling teeth at at tight end, but these are like the difference makers that if you do hit on one of these guys, you know like George Kittle, fifth round pick, Darren Waller, sixth round pick that played wide receiver before tight end. Like if you get one of these yeah. guys, you get them cheap. You know that you can turn them into into something big. So I think it's worth at least talking about the guys that are rated lower. My my biggest one. And I think it's interesting because if you do a startup at any point in time, doesn't matter. You'll have 12 different people and everybody will value the top three tight ends in dynasty football differently. So some of them will even drop one of these three guys into four, like, like you did nerd. Um, so Pitts, Andrews, Kelsey, keep trade cut. What are we, what are we doing? Matt, I'll start, I'll start with you.
2: Uh. Kelsey's the easiest to trade I've found. He I've seen him move the most. Yeah. Um, who are the other three pits, are probably pits, pits you're probably keeping just because you're Andrews yeah. Uh, oh, you might have to keep Andrews trade pits. How do you cut any of them? That's impossible. This is an impossible question. If this was keep trade cut the uh, the website, I would just say I don't know these players and hope for a better <laughs> hope for an easier test. Yeah. Where do you? Yes. Have? My, I have a feeling Mike is uh, Mike is going to cut uh, Kelsey or trade Kelsey.
1: Yeah. I would have to, this is all build dependent. You know, when you, when you're doing keep trade cut, it's really just get me to the the trade calculator and you're going to pop in anything point. Um, you want the most value when trading. So that's like, you know, we talked about big braining, this part of the exercise comes a keep trade cut where it's like you overthink who you're going to get the most value for. Um, in this case, I think you get the most value for pits. Like, Hands down, you know, if you want to trade Pitts right now, he's still a, he's still going where Kelly is, but net way more just because of his age and him being a unicorn and being twenty years old, and you know he's going to get another first on top of whatever Kelsey's netting right now, even though we have Kelsey a little in the same tier as far as startup value goes. But um, I would, I would probably keep Andrews. Um, because he's a good blend of both where he's still young enough to have solid five to six years of production. Um, and he's still going to produce in the same bucket as maybe those two guys. He, he obviously has a Kelsey ceilings. So oh, we don't know what Pitts' ceiling is, but we have to hope that it's a Kelsey ceiling. Um, you know, I, I think I'm going to, tr- yeah, I'm going to cut Kelsey. And <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's it's not great, but, like, I do, I keep saying this every year. I'm like, Kelsey is old, man, and he's going to go Tony Gonzalez on us, and he's going to fit off. Um, I think – and he's got to win a Super Bowl this year because he's done. I think if he gets that Super Bowl again, he's going to just – you know, he's going to be in the booth with Gronk or something, and they're going to have a tandem, tight end um, show that, that – get the best ratings of NBC TV show out there. He's going to just – Be a tandem duo with Gronk, and they're going to be like the best co-host of some free Sunday Night Football show.
2: The Bash Brothers.
1: Yeah, something, man. they got to do something there. The marketing is like, I'm brainstorming this, and it's got to be some big money. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Kelsey, like I said, he's one major injury away from being out of football. And I don't think Pitts or... Andrews could tear their ACL and not play next year. Kelsey would probably hang it up, and this is just me thinking, thinking like, hey, he's he's my age. He's not gonna have a major injury and then risk being like that for the rest of his life. Like he's probably gonna just quit football. But Kelsey's a different animal, so it's it's hard to even fathom him hanging it up. But he's, he, gonna, he's, kind he's behind, not- behind
0: you. You've brought what up. Is it? You brought up. You knock on wood behind you, like on that picture frame. You've brought up Travis Kelsey's impending doom. This isn't like a, a dozen real, times. Real wood.
1: This isn't going to do me good, man. It's like <laughs> it's like really. Fu- it's like falling. <laughs> it's not going to. It's not going <laughs> to help. Me, man. I have no wood in my house, dude. I live in Boston. You think there's wood anywhere? Like, like it's knocking on
0: paper because it's kind of made. It's made out of recycled <laughs> wood,
1: but it's not going to really do me any good either. Yeah. Oh, Here man. we go. I got you. I'm not wishing that I called by any means. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I got to stop that.
2: And it, it's always notable to say, you know, if we said it about Derrick Henry two years ago, like you got to sell him. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy to be taking on a 27-year-old running back. Then it's crazy to be taking on a 28-year-old running back. Then it's crazy to be taking on a 29-year-old running back. And I've never had uh, Derrick Henry until this year, and now I've got like 25% because, uh, you know, we keep betting against him. It's like betting against Brady for 15 years because he hit 30, and it's just it's a uh, you just have to kind of see that. And so Kelsey is also kind of the professor of end University. And w- one of the things that he preaches the most is how to fall how to take hits how to absorb without hurting yourself. And uh, I, there is something to be said for the longevity that he's already shown. So I completely agree with you that one, you know, one ACL is probably the end of his career. But on the other hand, uh, boy, am I tired of betting against him?
1: Fair I'm not because I love I love pain. <laughs> I have one share I have one share of Kelsey that I'm gonna hold on to. Um, but Yeah no, I, his AD, his ADP is insane, guys. Like I'm not seeing him in the second round of startups. I'm just not gonna do it. You know, know. there's no way that I'm gonna th- I'm throwing second, third round um, startup pick on Kelsey when I could wait two rounds and get you know, somebody like Hawk or even Andrew, and a he could slide a little bit. Yeah, no, I believe, I believe fully, fully do- your daughter came out here. So hey, you want to be on the pod for a second? Hey, hey okay, oh, sorry, love you, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I've traded for Kelsey like two or three times this off season. So I, I've, I've tried to, I've gone out and acquired him he's not cheap uh, and right rightfully no. so especially like in in tight end premium leagues and stuff uh you know he's hard to get like you were saying with his adp and stuff you know i have Pitts as my tight end one in dynasty just because he's 22 years old and it's got to happen at some point right i mean but at the Duh. same time i feel it feels kind of gross like ranking him. i know like his rookie year he had a thousand yards but last year yeah, he played eight games and had the mcl injury but he really didn't do much to inspire like elite tight end production for for your your team overall so it's it's a catch to where yeah he's 22 it feels good like i'll have him for a decade probably and he'll be he'll be in my lineup won't have to worry about tight end but is he like travis kelsey level good to where he's making that much of an impact on your team is he Even Mark Andrews good to where he's making that much of an impact on your team. I I don't know. It's remained to have been seen so far. I think he was like tight end six his rookie year or something like that off off the top of my head. But Tony Gonzalez is a 37-year-old head. 83 catches, 859 yards, and eight touchdowns as a 37-year-old tight end. So the precedent is there that I think that if you are an elite enough talent, which I think Travis Kelsey has proven at this point that he is, and especially being a Kansas City Chiefs tight end too, you can't, Got a got a helmet scout at some point. Um, I do think that he does have some longevity left in in his in his bag. So I think I want to keep. I think I want to keep Kelsey. I'll trade Pitts for the name value, and I'll cut Andrews. Even though I do agree with your point, nerd, that he is the he's the perfect like mix to where he's young enough that you could you could hold on to him for a rebuild, but he's also. He's good enough that he could help a competitive roster as well. I just don't know if he excites me like one way or the other, like a Kelsey or a Pitts excite me. Like Pitts excites me. He's the age. Kelsey excites me. He's the elite production. Andrews provides both, but it's kind of like a yeah. he provides both, not a, this guy is the best at what he does in this given category. So I think that for that reason, I'm probably the lowest on Andrews of the three, but. I wouldn't be upset at all having Mark Andrews on my team. Obviously, if that makes
2: sense. Yeah. We all have three different answers. That's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's,
2: That's what, what makes guys, Dynasty I beautiful. That.
1: I need that on the show because I've yeah. I've been on shows where it's just an echo chamber and we're just saying the same things over and over again. Yeah, but you don't. Want, JC you don't... and I, we we differ enough. You know, it's good where we have more values, but we still don't match up a lot.
2: Yeah, have you all ever uh, Have you all ever completed a three way trade in Dynasty?
1: Yes, a couple. Times. Have you? I haven't. Yeah. So maybe
2: we should all join a league together because it sounds like we'd all be great trade partners. <laughs>
1: nice. I'll set up a startup yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. I, oh, I, I've, please, I've been thinking about it. doing one more. One more. I'll get yeah, JC and on one my, more. We
2: can. That's going to be on my tombstone.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll do a two on two a two point tight end wow. premium, and we'll we'll see what's going on there Ooh. for science guys. Yeah, for science. Jester, how many leagues? How many dynasty leagues are you in?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm in twenty. One hasn't drafted the startup yet. Uh, 12 were from last year, I think I picked up two orphans. Uh, two of them are two other ones are best ball. And uh, I picked up an orphan Devi. So this year, I'm kind of trying to branch out a little bit because most of my leagues last year were start 10 or 11 uh, super flex half point tight end premium. So I kind of got uh, in the first couple of years that I was playing dynasty, I kind of stayed with what's normal. And then i'm branching out a little bit right now but uh 20 is the sweet spot for this year i don't know if i'm gonna want to you know make it an uneven number
0: yeah yeah i hear you with the with, with that you know, i don't like the odd numbers i'm superstitious like that. what
2: about you guys
0: i actually don't even know how many i'm
2: in off the top of my head you're just saying that because your wife no, listens. Not.
0: well <laughs> she doesn't listen she doesn't care but, um, uh, <laughs> <No way. laughs> um uh, i think i'm in like a dozen it might be a, might be like a baker's dozen, maybe. I've tried to, I've tried to not be too too heavily in. I got like some Devi League sprinkled in there and stuff, so they're not all true Dynasty. But I have like twelve or thirteen, and then I have the one Reg league with my buddies going into like four, 14 years now. So,
2: cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm probably in upwards of twenty at the moment. You know, including my Debbie rosters and. Um, Know there's the dynasty gens. I think we're on to. I stopped numbering them at that point. I think after eight, I went on to like like. I think we went to colors, <laughs> um, and then so we started the first the first league of colors that JC is in. But yeah. I'll probably go through uh, at least eight or or ten colors before I maybe go back to numbers or you know letters or something. I'm not sure what we're gonna do next, but. Um, yeah in a lot and I, I actually commission most of those so yeah. it's more about like if people in the discord which is something that we got to get you in we'll get you in the board but it's just guys just want to start up and we you know people want to the taste of doing a startup so it's like all right let's fire one up uh, you should without see really these
0: draft about- boards too
1: these draft boards are littered
0: with traits like I don't think anybody has like their original picks actually Everybody is just trading picks, trading assets. It's it's insane. So I give I yeah. give nerd a lot of credit for for being a good commissioner and you know having that that culture around because that's not that's not typically how I how I like to play um, in a startup. You know I like to trade from like here and there, but um, I'm definitely yeah. not. Got give, like yeah.
1: give the like that. Give the what they want. You know they they really they need that action, baby. Of, they need action. They need the the thrill of. uh, the chase, you know, they're all just romantics that really want to just chase the thrill, and then once they get it, they're not satisfied and they want more and they want more and they want more. so
0: needs more cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> so, before we hop into listener questions, uh, I I won't do any more keep trade cuts because they're like pulling teeth with with tight end. I mean, we got the we got the point. Um, do you, uh, do either one of you have guy that is? A sleeper tight end, or one that you think can significantly rise in value over the next six to twelve months. Nerd, start with you.
1: Yeah, this is what I, I specialize in. If you get me a couple a couple drinks, I'll tell you all about sleeper tight ends. But I um I really like Jake Ferguson this year, and I know that people are lower on him, or they're kind of just fading him because. They did take a tight end in two, I want to say. Definitely day two. I'm not sure if it was a round two pick. Yeah, Yeah. so Shoemaker and Ferguson kind of had the same profile. Like, they athletically are – they're kind of close. But I think Ferguson might have the edge this year, um, especially after flashing a little bit last year and having that rapport with Dak – um, Dak is a creature of habit. He finds guys that he likes, and then he really just latches onto them. So I think he might get some play. Um, I know that he's pretty much free right now. I got him in the 18th round of a super flex startup, like 17th, 18th round. Um, so he's somebody that, you know, if it's a dart throw, but – it's somebody that nobody's valuing right now. Um, so was so
2: was Dalton Schultz uh, two years ago. I got him in the 30th round two years ago. So it, there's precedence for a uh, uh, Cowboys um, nobody at tight end becoming a somebody at tight end.
1: Yeah, it's it's wide open too. Because I mean, if if he's already getting that play last year here and there, you can see in the field a little bit. Um, the door is open for a good. No competition in camp, so I mean, if he shows out a little bit, like I said, they're similar. They're similar profiles as far as their skill set goes, so I think he definitely could at least um, give him a first month for that starting position. Um, yeah. Another guy is Gasecki. So Gasecki with with the Patriots, um, their their team is almost wide open with targets. You know, they have Juju and um, Boutet is what going to line up outside. You know, Kobe Myers is gone. They replaced him with Juju, and then they pretty much didn't bring anybody else in. So Gasecki is probably going to work out of the slot and get um, some decent work as, you know, a wide receiver because that's really what he profiles as, as somebody that is a pass catcher. Um, And then they'll they'll probably line up Hunter Henry as a blocker because he's really good at that. So probably a lot of two tight end sets, and I think he's probably going to benefit with some, some decent fantasy production based off of that alone. Yeah,
0: I like the Gasicki call. Bill O'Brien actually recruited him to Penn State to play tight end there. So that's the offensive coordinator in New England now. So that's another big, big plus for Gasicki. That was going to be one of the guys that I was going to say. So I will go over to Jester and see if he takes the other guy, and then I can just shut my mouth. So how about you guys? You can uh, give me something.
2: Um, I, let's not – I think I think diving into the Penn State shower narrative is probably still a little bit too fresh of a, uh, of a touchy subject, so we won't do that. Mid-time. But uh, – I, I'll trust, you know, Mike's the New England diehard. So I'll trust his instinct on that one. Um, I'm going to dip back into Laporta because markets fluctuate within six weeks. And if he starts out hot, because Dan Campbell wants to show what what his what his new toy is, you know, he's, uh, he's shown us what fourth round ARSB can be for him. And as long as uh Jamison Williams is out for the first first six games. You could see Laporta getting the uh, number two in that offense treatment. And yeah, I did miss get Gibbs earlier when we were talking about pass catchers for that team. And that is a, that is a great point. But I could see Laporta's uh, value rising in the first six weeks, and that's all I'm really looking at in market because, like you said, if you look at teams that we drafted three years ago, we have almost none of the same players.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So
2: if you're constantly moving, I'm okay with looking at things in a two to three year window, but also in a six week window. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you have to be you have to be fluid in in dynasty. You know, you never know you never know what's going to happen week to week. Depth chart changes, coaching changes, scheme changes. Overall, I mean, uh, how many times have you seen an offense look one way, and then after the bye week, they come out and it's a completely different way that they're running the offense because it just wasn't effective for the first part of the season. It happens all the time. So you know, players see role changes that affects opportunity. And then when the opportunity is affected, it affects production. And that in turn hurts their dynasty value. So I think it's definitely a good point. My guy would be Trey McBride uh, would be, would be a guy that I think could significantly rise in value, especially if they get rid of Deandre Hopkins, which it sounds like he's already got one foot out of the building already with his uh, recent interview with Brandon Marshall, where he's talking about other quarterbacks and stuff. So it doesn't seem like he has his head in the, in the game for Arizona. So I imagine he'll be on his way out. Marquise Brown is there. Okay. I, I, I don't think he's a number one. I'm not saying Trey McBride is, but I, I don't think Marquise Brown is going to demand some insane target share because DeAndre Hopkins leaves. Um, they did draft Michael Wilson in round in uh, round three. Again, I like Michael Wilson. I was higher on him than, than most uh, coming in. I didn't think that he would get uh, day two capital, but he did. Again, though, I'm not concerned necessarily about Michael Wilson. So Trey McBride at the end of the season had like a 7 for 77 in a touchdown game. Zach Ertz with the ACL injury. He's going to take a while to come back, especially when Nair was talking about older tight ends with ACL injuries. This guy's coming back, cashing a check for $6 million. So good for him. I don't know if he's going to be the same (laughs) Zach Ertz ever again. But I like Trey McBride. I think there's an opportunity for Trey McBride. His college production suggests that he's an elite producing tight end with pretty good size and has receiving acumen. So I'm still kicking the tires on Trey McBride owners to see if anybody has gotten frustrated with him because it definitely was a frustrating first year for for McBride. People thought he might get some opportunity he really didn't get any until the Ertz injury. So
2: where would you slot him in this year's uh let's say second rounds? What would you spend to get McBride alone?
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's, that's a good question. I think if, if push came to shove, I would be okay spending like a late second. If I didn't have like any prospects at tight end, really like, and that's, that goes as far as like a, like a Gerald Everett, like if I didn't even have like Gerald Everett, he was like tight end 11 in points per game. So, again, it's not like a it's not a great tight end, but he at least could hold you over for a year. Serviceable. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah. I think like the late second push came to shove, but I would feel great about a pair of threes for Trey McBride if I could switch.
2: So I, am, I did have a, a startup with Thomas Tippel in a full, full tilt, uh, and I think I have Goddard because he's on probably a third of my teams, maybe 40% of my teams. Uh, and then it, I took Friar but I've also got – uh, Everett, and one other basically Gerald Everett prototype. And those two being serviceable behind Goddard make me want to trade Fryermuth. So I'm sh- sh- shopping Fryermouth because of his trade value. And because uh, Everett might put up the same points for a year or two. Yeah,
0: and I'm a Steelers yeah. fan. I love Pat Fryermuth as a football player. I, I just don't think that he presents elite tight end value. And if you could get out from Pat Fryermouth now, while well, He's still a young, promising tight end. I would do it because I just don't. The, the only way that he's going to be really viable fantasy wise is if he gets double digit touchdowns, and I just don't think that that's a that's a role that's that's going to exist for for a Steelers tight end.
2: He's. I don't think he's going to be a difference maker, but he is a stabilizing force on your roster. Uh, it's just having a stabilizing force at tight end. It might be Gerald Everett in the same in the same uh, bucket. You know,
1: yeah, I like the Trey McBride take, but I can also elaborate a little bit on that. Where I think you could probably buy him for even less in a I couple do, weeks after the season starts, because we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, Clayton Tune or you know Co or whoever's going to be starting quarterback over there, um, and and that's going to be a rough year in general for that team. So. I can't imagine that he's going to have a great year in, in as a whole, and he's definitely going to have a good, um, selling, selling, point, or buying point, if you will yeah, later on. Man, you cats are really getting after it back there. They're having a good They're old time. hungry. I love it. <laughs> um, I, another name that I didn't, I failed to mention, but I really like Jelani Woods too. Um, he's a, a freak athletically and, that offense is almost wide open, you know, besides Pittman and Downs. I, I don't know who else is going to be catching passes over there. So I think he could probably sneak up into a decent, you know, late tight end two, mid tight end two, um season. So he's probably going to be a serviceable starter, perhaps. This year. They got some freaks um, over there. Yeah, yeah. So he is going to be competing with athletic, Moali
2: Cox. Mo Cox, Mo, Yeah. yeah. Who, are, who are the rest of the tight ends there? Who uh, I know no, I, like, they, have... Cox,
0: they, just, they just drafted Will Mallory in the fifth round. Uh, that's right. So, but he's I, more know, of,
1: like, so. I feel like he was there last year. Who's that? Yeah. But that's probably not Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle. <laughs> so yeah, Jack Doyle. I don't.
0: I don't think he's still a team. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. Dude. He had a bag of balls over shoulder so and rolling him out there. But
1: I. I don't think Jack Doyle is ever going to leave the league. He's definitely going to be some some guy in the league somewhere. Always. So
2: old old lunch pail Jack Doyle, huh?
1: Yep. He's going to be That's there. That's my He's kind of working. tight end right there. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it.
0: So, um, Matt, do you have a couple of minutes for listener questions, or is this a good time to, to, let, you, uh, to let you hop uh, off?
2: So uh, let's – we can we can maybe hit one if you Sorry. want to, but uh, I do have to hop off. Um, I'm going on with JWB uh, maybe eight minutes ago. So, uh, you know, anytime you guys want to wrap it up, I, I'm I'm happy with it.
1: Why don't well, you just jump off, just... man? Go, go, do your yeah. thing. I, I don't want, I don't want to hold you, and and we can see an eye and handle of this of the right now and answer some questions. So no, no need to feel like you have to stay on with us. Yeah, uh,
0: just plug, plug whatever you got going on.
2: Sure. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, late later tonight. Right now, I'm going on with JWB. Um. You know, that's the Wyatt, Skyler, Tyler O. And uh, I'm I'm going on with Timmy and uh, nubs tonight. So he likes to talk dynasty theory. And that's that's how I like to play the game. I'm not so much on player takes. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to go and be on with it's gonna be my third or fourth episode with them. But it's gonna be my first time with just me and Timmy, that's gonna be fun. And then uh, tomorrow, I'm going on with Nate poll vote uh, for the second week in a row, and I'm gonna be on with uh, him uh, next Wednesday as well with Rasball. Uh, and then tomorrow night after that show, I'm going to be on with Jeff Lambert, uh, in going for two, but if you ever want to check me out, uh, check me out on Twitter, it's at FF jester and I'm working for at the undroppables. So that's a really fun crew. We're generally very active as, uh, as Mike was saying. And, uh, you know, I just like talking dynasty. So hit me up, give me a follow and, uh, let's, let's play some, some football. Sounds
1: good, man. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much for Thank coming you, on. Brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, All right. Thanks guys. It. Take
1: care. All right. Bye, Matt. Uh,
0: All right. So thank you to Matt Chester for coming on today's episode, talking tight ends with us. So
1: the one question. Actually, I was going to say, I didn't get to plug it while he was here. Sorry to cut you off. But um, the fact that he came in after two cancellations, yeah. And I want to say the cancellations were directly related to the post that you had about 101 um, burger buns. I believe that's really went hit off <laughs> all of the cancellations and why people canceled on our show this week. Yeah, um, I, I, there's no way that that's a coincidence. So I damn, think-
0: <laughs> I forgot to ask him what his what his, uh, his burger yeah. bun of choice was going to yeah. be. Yeah, you should have you should we- have interrupted me.
1: I was trying to plug it in there, but I didn't really see an opening, so I just let it yeah. roll. Uh,
0: yeah let us let us know in the the comments of this or on the Discord or on Twitter what is your burger bun of choice? Because I I I'm a classic potato bun guy, preferably Martin's brand. I just think they hold up the best to uh, to burgers, particularly a smash burger. If we're going with the smash burger, I want the Martin's potato roll because that's like uh, in it. Uh, not you know Jesus Christ Shake Shack. Um, which is a prominent prominent fixture in the in the Northeast, uh, New York especially the one in, in Central Park. Uh, I've had many a Shake Shack burger in, in my life. So. Yeah, I do. Uh, big I, fan. As have I. I yeah. live
1: right right next door to one. So I, I do, do you actually? Yeah. Nice. yeah, right down the street. Yeah. So um, and you were uh, brioche, these-
0: a brioche bun, correct?
1: I do, but I was also thinking like if we're talking one hundred and one of burgers, I want a brioche bun because. It's so buttery, and it's like free. can just, you know, you got good. It's a vehicle. It's just yeah. like it. It stays together. Yeah, I love that. It uh, does have good. It does have good uh,
0: structure. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: It so, does. I think of it as a vehicle, but it's definitely like than just that. And when you're talking one-on-one of burgers, but
0: I will say yeah. there were a lot of people that shared your opinion. Now that brioche, brioche was the, was the one-on-one. I, I think, I think it it's the the, the it bougie
1: choice, it. you know. I think there's I nothing wrong with the potato bun, and I was really just trolling you, and it got it, it got away from me at that point, and we were just, I was in it, you know, and and uh, it got to be too more too much. I we're like being upset about it, so yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, this one listener question really it stuck out to me more more so because I I have this general question about whether you should pay or shouldn't pay or how much should you pay? What's the tier to pay? So I think it was what Jason, at Jason McGuire 15, which PPR tight end premium tier do you decide it's worth paying up for a tight end, whether it be half point tight end premium, one point tight end premium. So I guess the question is at what point do you pay up for the elite tight end I guess this isn't really the question that he's asking, though. Should I try to explain it better, or do you do you have no? I have
1: an idea. So he's really asking, you know, um, when like I think it's more of a how do you value elite tight ends based off yeah. of the premium question, sure. you know? So it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you value a Kelsey with like a a half point premium or a 0.75 premium you know like where do you really like you you put them on the tier of players. Uh, and i think even without a premium kelsey is a ppr machine you know yeah. like his premium is great you know but even without the the premium and just a basic ppr league kelsey is still like a top 10 receiver you know yeah. like easily you without and then you add the premiums to that and he's he's you know, I think you could just do a half point premium on Kelsey and he's, he's already worth, you know, the, the trading up or whatever it is, um, not to specify what you're going to be trading up, but he's definitely yeah. worth targeting, um, yeah. in those higher rounds. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's, and everyone else probably needs a premium for the most part, you know, but yeah. like I said, Kelsey is definitely his own, channel. um, but if, if it's like an Andrews or somebody, I think I want even just a, a half premium, like a half point premium is worth um, targeting him for me. But if yeah. there's no premium, I'm not reaching for a tight end at all. Unless yeah. if, if I miss on Kelsey without a premium, I don't care. You know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to sit and wait until the the 11th round and grab somebody like we talked about, like egg or somebody that I can just plug and play and I can just Essentially punts, but I, I really don't play in any non premium league, so it's it's kind of foreign to me. Yeah. Now at least.
0: So I, I'm a bunch of my buddies that are in this redraft league that I was talking about earlier, they're they're interested in dynasty now because I've been I've been doing a lot more dynasty coverage stuff. So I'm trying to explain to them what tight end premium is and why you would want tight end premium in a dynasty league. They don't really see what the benefit is. Do you, hmm. do you think that you could explain what the benefit of tight end premium is specifically in dynasty formats?
1: Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you are starting one tight end um, as opposed to every other position in a super flex league where you're going to start multiple posi- possible players at the same position. Um, so with the premium, make players more valuable, you know, and, and without that premium, that, that position becomes comfortable very easily like there there's no reason to reach on that position um but when you level the playing fields of you know like say you have a elite pass catcher um that is gonna boom ppr you know like the aj browns and the cd lambs and stuff when you add that extra 0.75 onto an andrews or a Pitts, you know it puts them in the same level of production and then that that in turn makes every other tight end a little more valuable so it, it just gives that position or value and, and it also um makes it a need and it makes it more competitive at the same time because if everyone's shooting for the tight end um yeah. then you you have to strategize a little more so it changes the whole strategy of a startup as opposed to like i said if you don't have a premium i am just I'll wait on tight end i don't care you know because yeah. if i'm gonna if I'm going to get 10 points from a tight end, I don't care where I get it. And it's fine if I if I have that low ceiling tight end because I can just get all the elite players on top. Um, but then, like I said, if that tight end is is at a premium, then he he's in that same bucket as those elite players. So he's already more valuable and more, um, you know, you want to get that tight end as opposed to waiting um, because yeah. he's, he's not going to match up.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I how I described it as well. I I pretty much was just saying to them because they were complaining that Travis Kelsey would be like a cheat code in this in this format, like one and a half points. Oh, yeah, he's a cheat code regardless. Yeah, like if it's if it's PPR regular or if it's just one and a half PPR, it doesn't matter. Guys cheat code regardless of points scoring. I was basically just saying to them, you do tight end premium. So these guys like the Goddard's and the fire and stuff like that, they're putting up closer production to like a back end wide receiver too. And in dynasty, when you're playing three or four flex spots in a starting lineup, you want to try to bring all these players up in similar value range. Like you were just talking about, because that kind of helps in terms of drafting helps in terms of trade value. and just keeps the league more competitive in general, because there's only so many guys that can actually produce and play in a starting lineup and be effective. So that was pretty yeah. much where I was getting at as well. I think you explained it really well. So thank you for doing that because now I could just play this clip and it'll be you saying it and not me. And they'll probably believe you over me. Um,
1: so <laughs> don't trust me guys. No, don't do that. They definitely
0: don't. They definitely yeah. don't trust me. So
1: yeah. Uh, okay. We're well, trusting one JC.
0: Yes. This question <laughs> from at cowbell for bell cow is what's the value differential to trade up from Chig to Dalton Kincaid, assuming one and a half point tight end premium. Value differential in terms of either 24 picks or some running back or wide receiver player add-ons that would make sense for a win-win type of trade. So a lengthy question. Essentially, what would you have to trade to add-on to Chig to get to a Dalton Kincaid? Which I think you have them ranked what back to back in your rankings. So it's not yeah not that, that close I think
1: I think Kincaid is 10 and Chig is actually yeah they might be back to back in the in that current ranking um, but I, I don't think that reflects the market value of these players at all so um, I would probably have at an early 24 second minimum to get Kincaid. And that's probably not going to get it done either, you know? Yeah. Because I think Jig right now is probably looking at the 208, give or take. Yeah. Pro- um, right best case. Yeah. Best case scenario, probably around where Laporta goes, um, you know, depending on the league's things. And then we had Kincaid at the 110. So that's, you're going to need like the two 20- oh a 202 or something, you know, 201 range to yeah. get into that 110. So the 201 and the 208 might be enough, depending on, you know, if somebody really sees that as a straight line, like we talked about, like in the yeah. back end of the first, you know, there's not a huge drop off from 201 to 111, you know, for so and it's tough because it's league dependent, but yep. and players that you could probably swap. Um, we're talking, um, depending on the position, you could swap a, mm, That's
0: like tough. A, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I can even think of, like, a player off the top of my head that I would be able to throw in, because it, at that point, you're throwing in a player that you deem to be worth a early second, or, like, two random
1: seconds, so... At that so, point, somebody that... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. So, yeah. you know, say... If we have players, so it it is dependent on who you're dealing with because Dustin on last week and he loves a Rashad white. Like he loves that guy. I am not as high on Rashad white, you know? So if I, if I came to you and I said, I have um, JK Dobbins and shig for Schultz and Rashad white or something, you know, like that, that's something I would do. I would get the Dobbins and shig side like pretty quickly. I think I would want that. Um, and I think that works for somebody that really wants Kincaid um, because not a lot of operation from Richard White, as far as I think some people have them pretty close together, but um, you have to know your league mates to kind of figure that stuff out because it's really hard to give you a player. Um, and it, it's a lot easier when you know who you make if I was dealing with you, who, who you would enjoy on your team, who you're high on. Um, so I think that's kind of having conversation and, and talking about, I talk about who people have value. It's like, who do you value? In DM I talk about who do you like on my team? And then we can kind of go off of that. Yeah. That, it's, that's good. To have that healthy conversation. You know,
0: I think that's important that you're not just throwing darts out like into the ravine, like it's kind of just, or into a black hole or something.
1: Who do yeah. you like on
0: our, on my team? Like, let's let's start there, and then we can have a conversation because you don't want to just be like a used car salesman throwing random like Josh Palmer shares at like this guy in your DMs trying to get this trade done, and he's got no interest in Josh Palmer. It's just not it's not beneficial yeah. to to anybody. Just wasting your time. I think the difference between Chig and Dalton Kincaid has to be at least two random seconds given given. Uh, Given uh, Dalton Kincaid's value, especially where he's going in rookie drafts, I I think people that have Dalton Kincaid are very high on Dalton Kincaid. I don't think you draft Dalton Kincaid, yeah,
1: and I see that not, you
0: don't want to you don't want to have him on your roster. So I think it would be very difficult to get him in general. I think like players that you could throw in instead of maybe like two random seconds would be guys like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, like like those that kind of like mold of receiver that. Mike Evans, somebody like that, maybe potentially to where, you know, they're a little bit over the Hill, but they could probably still give you like another year of production or so. And anything after that is fine along with Chig or something. So, but
1: again, I think just all this, sorry, all this shoulder, this, um, yeah, all this talk of Kincaid really makes me want to try to sell him for a, a higher tiered player at the moment, you know, like taking Kincaid and adding, um, you know, twenty four for something like Andrew or Pitts or you know, it's somebody in that range. You know, I would, I would probably love to do something like that because everyone's that. valuing him as a a top tiered tight end already. I yes. I that have him as a a the third overall tight end in their rankings. You know, um, so if they're if they're already valuing him that high, he's definitely somebody that's a sell high. And I think I would probably be trying to get. Um, you know getting into that range of like like I would talked about with Bijan earlier like selling him for a top tier quarterback sell Kingade for a top tier tight end and go go win your league yeah. um if you can i think that's a, I like, a great move right now i
0: like that yeah i like that for 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 a move um realistic 2023 outlook for George Kittle assuming Brock Purdy is the quarterback what are your thoughts there
1: yeah, they had chemistry. He was solid last year. Um, he was a, what, the tight end? Oh, he was tight, tight end five and, last year? Tight end three points per game. Okay. Yeah, I think he definitely has that um, possibility of repeating tight end, tight end four, being in that range. Um, yeah. So I think he's easily top five tight end with Brock Purdy. I, I think he's somebody that's relatively QB proof. I think Trey Lance might actually maybe hurt him a little bit, but not so much point, not going to be a top five tight end. So I, I, I like him regardless of whoever's throwing the ball this year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he, I think he's proven throughout his career that he could produce regardless of who's playing quarterback for him and who's playing wide receiver and who's getting the touches out of the backfield. George Kittle is, is, is one of the one of the elite tight ends in the NFL and he's proven it year after year. So I'd be perfectly fine slotting George Kittle in for another top five season in points per game. And he's one of those guys that like, he's kind of like lost his luster like a little bit over the last couple of years yeah. because he does kind of deal with like, oh, I got a calf or oh, I got like a little bit of a knee bang up here. Like when to miss a couple of weeks and people kind of just forget like that it's George Kittle. And then he just comes out in the field and he just dominates yak monster yeah. and, he and it's it's,
1: and- it's strange to me because Goddard is the same way you know Goddard is mm-hmm. always dealing with something and he's always in games and, and banged up a little bit um, last year he was banged up and his value hasn't dipped at all you know like he hasn't really um, I, I see them as the same tier and, and Kittle really gets thrown down a tier because of that narrative but yeah. I, I think they're the same. You know, I think they have the yep. same trajectory for the most part.
0: Yeah. I think Kittle uh Kittle and Goddard well not Kittle, but Goddard I think is like the last tight end that I would feel very comfortable about being my my starting tight end in like a tight end premium league. And then after that, it really doesn't matter yeah. because they're all mostly agree. the same the same anyways.
1: If so. I missed if I miss that tier of like Kittle, Goddard, um that yeah, that that tier is like the last one where I'm not reaching for a tight end anymore, and I'm I'm yeah. waiting on whoever yeah, like an, like
0: an joku like in the ninth or tenth round or something. Oh, like that. yeah,
1: that's that's ideal.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, this guy just traded. So this is Guru Inept.
0: Oh, we don't like it when somebody's name is Inept
1: for for their their Twitter. Handlebars. I don't either. But every guy that has um, asked a question is from the Discord actually so far, though. So. Like, I like that. So just traded Kincaid straight up for what should be a top four
0: pick next year. Still have mayor Musgrave, shoemaker Kraft, Schultz thought it was a good deal. Yeah. I would agree. It's a good deal. Trading Don Kincaid yeah. for a top four pick in 2024. Very good that's, deal. On my
1: yeah. Pick. That's a, so, that's a great deal. Not an that's, S
0: my friend. Great trade.
1: No, you got to change their hand. Yeah.
0: Guru capable
1: grooves yeah very very capable i think our discord has been helping them out a lot too so
0: yeah yeah well that's pretty much it do you have anything that you want to add for the end of the show i
1: think we covered we covered so much in this in this show man i think it was a great show that we um stretched out of it and we kind of got the whole landscape as far as i'm concerned you know i don't think we missed anybody that's that's worth talking about at least we certainly we didn't did miss anybody, that's comment worth talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there were definitely some guys that are sleepers and um, you know, people that we probably missed a little bit, but I think we definitely covered a good a good amount of ground today.
0: Noah Fant army might get mad at us, maybe. I don't know. We'll
1: see. I'm big on Noah Fant until they drafted D S N and then it was like, eh, there's no room for you, man. I don't oh, yeah. know how you're gonna produce in fantasy, but yeah uh,
0: I don't really have anything to promote either I have a I'm premiering like a new series for my sub stack it's gonna be called dynasty triage so I'll be releasing that later this week but that's pretty much all I got going on on my end you have anything you want to promote nice. we all good
1: yeah I did so I recorded with uh, big John at yes. commissioner evaluation so that's gonna be dropping tomorrow and then on Thursday we're in the Dynasty Hour, Um, we're going to do a a pre-draft and we're going to be talking a little bit and that's going to have a good amount of guys on there. We're going to have Blue Chip and and Chuck Um, and a bunch of other endos that are going to be jumping on that are all solid fantasy minds. So that should be a fun thing to do and fun thing to tune into. Uh, So that's Dynasty Hour and that's Thursday at 9.30. Yep. All right. Well, This has been episode four of the Dynasty
0: Gens podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us, and we will see you next week.
1: All right.